You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host... Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and this week we have an interview with Cody Yeh. Now, Cody is a personal finance YouTuber. He's got a Facebook page. He's a stock option coach and a real estate investor. He just does basically everything under the sun, and I'm really happy to have him here. Cody, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Alex. Oh, yeah, I'm just glad you were able to make it. It's really rare, especially in the personal finance space, to see someone who plays both fields with regards to real estate and stock market investing, which you do both and not even just real estate and investing in, you know, index funds and that kind of stuff. But you also do stock options. Typically, you know, people have their flag very planted in either I'm 100% real estate and yeah, I kind of also have some index funds or, you know, VTSAX and chill. I put all of my money in this one mutual fund and that's it. And it is extraordinarily rare to see someone who does both. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> and you know what? That's such a great question to start. And I love that question because I used to be one of those person, right? Uh, I started stock investing in 2011, second year of university. I studied engineer, uh, try to figure it out. I started buying stocks, right? Investing in banks, getting paid dividend. I was working my butt off at my full-time job, trying to make a lot more overtime of money so I can buy my first property. Then what? how do I combine those as I start realizing that uh, real estate is really good because it tend to go up in the long term without making more land. There's a real estate as leverage. So from there, it's one of the safest way to leverage your money. As long as you know what you're doing, you focus on your fundamental analysis on the area, right? And then from there, as the house price goes up, you can actually refinance or pull out some of the equity and put your, put it in your trading account or go buy your next real estate property. So what I mean by that is real estate is really good for net worth building, increasing your net worth because it's leverage. Now, as it goes up, you can pull the money and put it in your trading account. And we, I help my hundreds of my students at this point to generate 1% to 4% per month, which is beating the benchmark index, which is beating most of the mutual funds, right? And from the real estate standpoint, it's a wealth generation from the stock option standpoint, is what allows me to quit my six-figure job at 29 before COVID. Yeah, because, you know, the best time in the world to quit was before COVID. I mean, hell, if you would have waited a couple months, you could have gotten laid off and maybe got a nice severance. <laughs> <laughs> so that, wonderful right. timing there. Yeah, that's right. And as high size 2020, right? And uh, I guess that's what pushed me harder, right? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Talk about burning bridges. It's not just quitting your job, quitting your job while there's no job to go back to in two months. <laughs> Sometimes those are the best things that could happen to someone. It's going to be have a small blip, but most of the people who are winners, I'm not saying I'm a winner, but just most of the winners amount my, uh, the circles I'm hanging out with, it's just a small blip and they take off a lot faster and they wish they have done it sooner. It's not for everyone, but for someone who's driven, they can consider this. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it's not for everybody. So I wanted to throw out just a little asterisk here that stock options, when it comes to, at least in my opinion, when it comes to real estate versus investing in the stock market, and then I would say that stock option trading is another step entirely. I wouldn't really lump it in with quote unquote, just stock market investing. We're going to talk probably a lot about stock option investing in this episode. I just want to put out there, please don't get into it until you know what you're doing. Don't just go in there and start throwing money left, right, and sideways like any and all investing. You should know exactly what it is you're purchasing and what it is you're doing. So I don't want y'all to think we're glorifying it in this episode, but I just want y'all to be careful and make sure you know what you're doing before you start, you know, betting the farm on it. Exactly. I want to add on Alex's point is if you come into stock option and think he can leverage the hell out of it and 10x your money, I am not your guy. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just talking about the boring stuff that makes you 1% to 4% per month consistently. But think about that. 1% to 4% per month is 12 to 48% per year. And if you're not making that of other ways that you're trying to save up the money, you're not even keeping up with inflation. So, you know, stock option could be played many ways, but when you have a bigger account, when you have more net worth, like a lot of my alumni, the key is not just to make the most return, it's how do you preserve the capital and not lose money and keep growing it, right? So that's a very key part that Alex pointed out. Okay, and I'm glad you mentioned that, but something I want to kind of do here because you're so diversified as far as your net worth building strategies, I figure we can go sort of one at a time and see how you kind of have your financial fortress built here. So as far as your investing journey, it sounded like, did you start with real estate or did you start with, you know, basic investing? I started with uh, buying boring bank stocks and just get paid dividend. It's boring. It works kind of, you know, a little bit just like the index but uh, very hands-off, but the return's not there because I was trying to save up for my first down payment. And where I'm from living right now in Toronto, the house price has just gone up, keep going up, and it's hard to chase it with that kind of return and just your full-time job. And I did a lot of overtime. I did like, uh, for the six years I was working, I was doing 400 to 800 hours of overtime every year. Put them to perspective, that's 50 to 100 days extra I'm working. So <laughs> it's, it's a it's quite a bit. And I think I'm not 100 percent familiar with Canada real estate prices, but isn't Toronto like the average home price is like a million dollars? Pretty much. It's actually uh, went Canadian over that. dollars. Yeah, it's probably like one dollar USD, you know, but <laughs> jokes <laughs> aside, it's still a lot, probably about seven hundred fifty thousand. And, you know, you buy a small bungalow. <laughs> Yeah, you just buy a shack in the back of your mom's house, and then uh, there you go. That's $300,000 well spent. Pretty much. <laughs> no, I just want to mention there for everyone out there, that was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so bank stocks, not getting you the return you kind of wanted. Um, what was the next step? Did you keep your money in the bank stocks before you decided to move on to real estate or a little bit more aggressive invest investing, or did you liquidate everything and move on to the next thing? Great question. So... While I was working a lot of overtime, I was introduced through a friend to my previous day trading coach. She was actually two years younger than me. So when I was 26, she was 24. But what intrigued me is she has no social media. She has no branding, but she was managing a lot of money, managing my friend's family's money. I'm like, how does she do that? And she was driving a very fancy car, 
a lot of you guys might know Rolls Royce, and she's not born with a silver spoon. So I, I, I got hooked up with her. Well, not in that way. Sorry, I will take that back. <laughs> I got introduced to her, and then I become a student. She doesn't want to take students. She's like, Cody, I really don't make money this way. Right. I learned all the ins and outs about the fundamental of psychology of trading, how to treat yourself when you're making money, and more importantly, when you're losing money and cope with your own greed and fear. That's the basics of investing. Then from there, you know, like I learned it from her for two years. First year was just grinding because that was my second job, right? I spent five to six hours per night doing that. And you guys might ask, how do I do that? Oh, you just sacrifice sleep. Sacrifice sleep and I trade the Asian market. There's a 12 hour ah, difference. So that's how I do it. Meanwhile, I was working a lot of overtime. So from there, I'm like, okay, I, I couldn't sustain this kind of lifestyle. And I heard about real estate. So I get starting to get more, know more about real estate. Numbers kind of work and I save us some money. That's by our first house. And from there, house price goes up, right? And then I'm like, okay. While I'm doing this day trading and learn everything about re real estate while working full time, I was like, hey, I'm playing with all these option strategies. And I found out that instead of buying option, a selling option could be a good base strategy to make consistent income. We only focus on blue chip stocks. Most of the stocks we heard about, if you don't mind owning them, now they give you a chance to own them at discount price. That could be a good way of supplementing my income and also speed up the process of saving for my next down payment for my investment property, right? So that's kind of a jinx of all the story. Okay, and there are a couple things I wanted to bring up. Uh, easiest one first, blue chip. When he says a blue chip stock, those are some of the biggest, most well-recognized names. Like if you said uh, McDonald's, Walmart, you know, those kind of companies, those are the blue chips, the stocks mm -hmm. that everyone's heard about, even people who don't invest. So that's just a quick thing there for you, a quick vocabulary lesson. The next thing I wanted to cover was psychology. Now, mm -hmm. you might wonder, in a market that is driven by profits and losses and stock splits and whatnot, what role does psychology play? Well, the trick there is that in the long term, what's going to drive stock prices is returns and company performance and just how well the economy goes, all that kind of good stuff. However, Stock prices are primarily determined by the number of people buying, number of people selling. And when there's the number of people buying and number of people selling, people are driven by emotions. Those two emotions are generally fear and greed. Now, fear and greed will rule the short term. You know, that's the kind of stuff where Elon Musk sends out the wrong tweet or sends out the wrong emoji, and then some stock jumps 10%, another one drops 30. So, Knowing psychology, or at least having a, a basis in psychology, and knowing a bit about behavioral economics, mm -hmm. that can do you very well if you're trying to do short-term trading, because you can kind of see, oh, you know, if this report is coming out on Friday, and if it comes out like this, people are going to go, oh my God, the world is on fire, everything's burning down, then you can kind of get ahead of that, predict it, and maybe, you know, make some money. I'm not recommending that. I'm just trying to demonstrate why psychology can help you in short-term investing. Yeah, great point. I love that you touch on that point. And I was doing that when I was day trading. I was capitalizing on people's fear, capitalizing on people's greed. Now, it's very stressful, and that's not what I teach. And most people, if you're successful at it, great. But most people will fail. 
And it's because of your personal emotion, because of many other things, because of your health, because of other obligation, eventually will give up, right? So that's why I don't like to teach about it. I don't want to teach about it. The things I'm teaching right now only takes you less than 30 minutes per day on your phone. We do very passive stuff. Once you learn it, it's quite boring, but it makes it one in 4%. You sleep well at night. You can even do this, set up your account, and you can go away for a year if you want to, right? Yeah, because at the end of the day, it, it's a really fun game of irony when your strategy is, you know what, this is going to inspire fear in people. So therefore, I'm going to invest this way and take advantage of that fear. When at the same time, you're sitting there betting on event X, Y, or Z to happen. And then you're sitting there going, oh, what if it doesn't happen? Mm -hmm. And then congrats, you played yourself. And then it just reminds me of a Warren Buffett quote. Uh, what is it? The stock market is an excellent way of transferring money from the inpatient to the patient. Correct. So Correct. you might have a bad report come out this week, but in the long run, is that one weekly report really going to matter? Yeah, that's a very key point. And to add on that, that's why I like the selling side of option, right? And the selling side is because when we, when we are on the selling side, we get paid premium like an insurance company. Usually we pay auto insurance, home insurance, but when you're on the selling side of the option, you pay, you get paid premium like an insurance company. And then the worst case for that is you will own a stock you want to own, a blue chip stock at a cheaper price. So there's already some value given in, you get at a cheaper price. So mentally you're more balanced and knowing that you own a good stock at a cheaper price, and you might get paid dividend and you get paid premium to sell that insurance contract. And I want to touch on that is now we take a lot of the guest game out of it because in the long term, we know good company tend to perform well and the stock price will follow. Good companies are performing well. So that's kind of our, you know, what's our protection? We're not gambling, but in the short term, we're wrong, but we're still right. And we keep all the premium as our cash flow. Right. So the probability is on all our side. We put the odds on our side. As long as time goes by, we're like an insurance company. If you don't make a claim, if you make a claim, I'm not giving you a premium back. But I know what's my worst case as an insurance company. And I do all my calculation. If that makes sense. It does, but it's probably something I should have covered before we started recording. <laughs> is this is actually the first time I believe that we're I'm really covering options on the show. So Great. would you mind going into maybe, yeah, I mean, we brought you on. I was like, you know what? We got an options guy. Let's bring him on. Let, let's have a conversation. I probably should have you know, told you about that before we started getting into premiums and insurance companies and whatnot. But <laughs> to sort of back us into that explanation, mm -hmm. would you mind going into sort of some basics on options, just some general big picture stuff? Yeah. So on an option, there's only two sides. You can be on the buying side. You can be on the selling side. Buying side is when you're betting direction. You can only make money in two ways. When the time is right and both the stock price has to be right. So on the buying side, you can buy calls or buy puts. Buy calls because you want the stocks to go up. So the stock betting get up to certain stock price before certain day for you to make money. Now on the opposite side, you buy a put. You're betting the stocks to go down. So if the stocks better go down to certain price within a certain date, that's the buy side. Buy call, buy put. 
it's like buying a lottery ticket. Hey, I think it will be red. So <laughs> let's put $20 on red. I know 44% of chance I'll win, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. In the long term, I'll lose, but that's fine. I have a good feeling about this. Lottery is a lot lower, and that's the same thing as the buying side of option. But on the selling side, it's where you can make money, whether the stock goes up, goes down, or goes in circle. Why? Because on the selling side, you're acting as a casino owner now or an insurance broker for the first time for a lot of people. What does that mean? That means you can sell an insurance contract to other people and get paid a premium. Now, the requirement never comes to the point where they can make a claim. You keep the premium. If it comes to a point they can make a claim, you still keep the premium. And you know the worst case for you when your selling option is either needs to buy 100 shares of the stocks you want to buy anyway, or you might be giving away the 100 shares of the stocks you already have. And in both situations, you're making money from the premium and from the appreciation of the stocks, if that makes sense. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me. Let me see if I can't uh, make it a little bit more basic here. So the reason we call these things options are because you are not necessarily buying or selling the stocks. For now, let's just talk about buying just for simplicity's sake. It's an option because you get the right to purchase mm -hmm. a stock at a certain price. Mm -hmm. So let's say right now that stock X is $100 per share. You can buy a call option that says, hey, at any point within the next 30 days, I can buy stock X for $115. Now, you might be thinking that makes zero sense, Alex. It's a, I can buy it for $100 today. Why would I want to buy it for $115 at some point in the next 30 days? Well, the reason you might want to do that is because you think it might actually go up mm -hmm. much more than that. Mm -hmm. So that way, say within 30 days, StockX is now $300 per share. Well, shoot, you might be thinking, well, shoot, I wish I could have gotten it 30 days ago for $100. Man, that sucks. I can't believe I missed out on you know this stock tripling. Well, hold on, you're sitting on this option, which gives you the right to purchase that share. No matter what happens to the price, you can buy that stock at 115. So in that hypothetical where the stock went from 100 to 300, well, you're buying at 115. The benefit here is that you're spending a very small amount just to have that option to do that trade. Now, that is what we call a premium. Mm -hmm. So the stock might be $100 per share. The premium might be $2. So if you think the stock might go up to 300, but you're not 100% sure, you don't want to go buy, you know, a thousand shares of that stock at $100 each. That's a lot of cash. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is you can pay the premium, which is gone no matter what, whether you do it or whether you don't do it. Mm -hmm. So you can pay the premium and have the option so that, hey, just in case this thing jumps up a huge amount, well, I can kind of retroactively buy it for that much cheaper price. So that's sort of a call option. So what Cody is saying is that if you're the one selling the option, you're getting that premium. So it's just a game of, you know, are you going to have to give up the stock at that price or not? Yeah, there we go. We have a better explanation from Alex. And really, truly, I think this podcast is very tough to teach something that's brand new to all your audience, which probably a lot of them had never heard about, just heard that, hey, this is a casino, don't touch it and all that. But there's a truly beneficial way of doing this and it doesn't 
<laughs> it's not very stressful and really just agreeing to buy a stocks you want to buy anyway at a discount price and you get paid for it. So yeah, <laughs> we can go out all into details, but yeah, there's uh you know, there's other channels, you know, I have a YouTube video, YouTube channel. If you want to learn more, I have a Facebook group. If you want to go there, you can learn a lot more from there. And, uh, um, <laughs> really don't try to confuse everyone on this podcast, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to give that, I wouldn't say that my explanation was better. I would just say mine's more baseline. I think you gave them the explanation of sort of step two, or maybe the logic behind why you would do these things. Mm -hmm. But I just heard you say that and I was like, oh, well, without that step one kind of basic, what is this thing? Yeah. Uh, it might be kind of hard to use that explanation. So what you might need to do is kind of listen to mine, then rewind the episode uh, a couple minutes and then go listen to what Cody had said. And then the whole thing will make sense. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, we just want to get paid like the insurance company. That's why they own all the big buildings in all the major cities. Okay. That's why for the first time in the stock market, we can be the insurance company. And, you know, uh, you could consider that um, <laughs> to be part of your financial journey as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's something that we can actually tie it together here. Because these call options, you have these people who are buying a right to get these stocks to either buy or sell the stocks, whatever. It's very easily translatable to insurance where you pay a premium so that you get essentially the option of, hey, in case my car gets wrecked by X, Y, or Z, you guys are going to pay for it and not me. So it's that same kind of dynamic of you're paying a premium for this kind of just in case this happens, you know, mm -hmm. I either don't lose or I can win. Well, with stock options, it's the same kind of thing. Someone pays, a, someone writes the contract, someone pays a premium, and then someone's either going to benefit or not benefit. But if you know how to play the game, you can be the insurance company that is sitting there collecting all these premiums, but not paying out as much because you are very smart about which of these you bought and which of these you sold. Mm -hmm. And you're okay with when people make a claim, which is you own a stock you want to own at a cheaper price. And as long as you're okay with that, you only that stocks long-term, just when people, just that when people own real estate, then your bases are covered. All the short-term movement, it just noise, right? Absolutely. So it sounds like you do a lot of, a lot of writing on these stock options, which means you're the one sort of creating them and putting them out there so that someone else can find them and buy them. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, writing, shorting, selling, options are all the same words for it. We are the market makers. That's what people call. But at the same time, we need someone to be on the other side, right? And then there's always people that are that wanting to bet direction, right? In this case, is people, when they bet the stocks will go down, they try to buy a put. Then from our standpoint, we sell a put. We're okay of getting paid a premium, owning a stocks at a cheaper price. You think it will go down? No problem. I want to buy a off-market deal, uh, below market value stock price. So there we go. We have a win-win, right? We have a handshake. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially you're, I don't want to say it's like a futures contract because I really don't want to bring in a whole nother thing we got to explain a background on. But essentially right now you can go buy stock X for this amount of price. You are signing a contract for, hey, at some point in the future, I'm willing to sell this stock at X price or I'm willing to buy the stock at X price. Mm -hmm. And someone else, when they pay you that premium is saying, hey, I'll take that bet. So mm -hmm. if you know how to write these things and you do it well, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if especially if you're cool with either end, like you either get to keep the premium or you buy the stock or you sell the stock. Yep. And if you're cool with both ends of the transaction where I look, I can go either way on it, then yeah. that's I mean, it's literally a win win. Yeah. Then you make money when a stock goes up, down or sideways and you sleep better at night. You make a good return. I want to say like crazy return, like over 100 percent, maybe 2020. Yes, I did. But, you know, one to four percent per month. It's uh, it's very obtainable. Yeah, I can tell you, I've been just for personal reference for everyone out there. I've never really touched options. The closest I've gotten is I have a position in QYLD, which is a covered call ETF, which we don't have to go too much into that. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to throw out there for personal for reference out there. The reason I brought you on here, Cody, is that I don't do stock options. Like in Mm -hmm. theory, I know about them, but I've never actually done any trading with them. And that's beautiful because a lot of my alumni actually took a, a lot of other courses, read a lot of other books, spent hundreds if not thousands of hours on YouTube and say, Cody, we're still missing something. I understand the concept, but I can't start. I don't know which account to open. How do you set up the columns? How do you pick the strike price? How do you pick the expiration date and why? How to avoid all the risks, right? So all the needy ingredients are not talk about in the books or YouTube. It's all the shining stuff. Hey, this is what you do when you see this. But most of the time, you don't see that. So what about the daily stuff? That's what people are drawn to, the needy and greedy and the execution part of things. It's easy to talk about the concept. We can talk about all day, but can someone do something about it? That's a totally different question. And that's where I bridge the gap, right? Like I introduced myself in the beginning. I'm an engineer, so I'm very process-driven. So there's a lot of, a lot of my alumni put my checklist on the desktop of your phone. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm on or not, like, but <laughs> I'm just very pleased that they put it there to remind themselves, right? To kind of think how I think, right? And there's no stock advice or anything. I just say the system can work. Warren Buffett has been using the system f- since the beginning of his investing career. And the system will continue to work. The stocks might change. The stock picks might change, but the system will not, right? So so let me ask you this. This is probably going to uh, show bad on my part, but I haven't actually looked into what your system is. But since you mentioned Warren Buffett, I'm going to take a shot at it. Because I know, I know what Warren did, or at least what made him big, is for those of y'all that don't know, uh, Warren Buffett's big, rich, and famous because he started a small little company called Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Well, something Berkshire Hathaway owns tons of companies, large mm-hmm. stakes in tons mm-hmm. of companies. However, there are several that he owns majorities of, uh, the number one of which is Geico. Geico. That's right. So huh? what Berkshire Hathaway and what Warren does is they own one of the country's largest insurance agencies, collect all these premiums. And then, you know, how an insurance company works is you receive, you know, a hundred billion dollars of premiums and you pay out $2 billion in claims. And it's like, Hey, look, I've earned this $98 billion. Obviously, those numbers are crazy. I just kind of threw them out there, but you get the idea. So he used Geico as an insurance company to generate all this cash and then uses that cash to purchase other businesses, which then gives him more money, you know, rinse, repeat. So I'm assuming, especially because as we discussed earlier, you know, you have stock options, you have real estate, and then you have, I assume you have index funds, but I mean, I imagine you have other stock investings. I do have in my register account, just before I quit my job, they've been matching my contribution. That's something that's locked in until I'm 65. So I leave it there. I put in index funds. 
Right. Gotcha. So I imagine by using the the quote unquote what Warren does, you're using your quote unquote insurance, your stock options to generate cash and then using that cash to finance your other investments, i.e. real estate. IE. Well, you meant just replacing your full time income. Oh, yeah, that too. Increasing your <laughs> lifestyle or, 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 you know, spend more time with kids. You don't need so many side hustles and you don't need to do so many overtime, right? For me, doing all this is great, but I'm not looking for the absolute return. I'm looking at what kind of lifestyle do I want? I want to have the highest and best use of my time and the lowest stress so I can spend money and time on the things I really care about. So I have my own why. Everyone has their own why. But my why is not to be a billionaire, but I live miserably. No one knows me. No one likes me. So maybe not no one knows me. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> will probably know me, but I don't have any true friends and I don't have a good connection with people around me, right? That's someone I don't want to be. I want to be present when I'm filming this podcast. I am present. I am here. I'm not stressing about anything else. How do I set up my financial so that I can do this? Chat people I like and just discuss and help out more people, bring more people to be the same state if our goals align. There you go. I mean, you, you got me with that first sentence. I mean, essentially, financial independence. There we go. Having the money to where you don't have to work a nine to five if you don't want to. You don't have to be like, oh, you know, kids first steps are coming up. But, you know, shoot, I really got to finish this uh, TPS report. <laughs> and that's the whole point. My whole slogan is say yay to fire. We were chatting about this, Alex, offline, right? My last name is Yay. I have a two hats behind me. People can't see it. Say Yay is my license plate, right? But to fire, that fire is financial independence and retire early. Everyone has their own version, but you have to define your own. And stock option, real estate investing, active business, full-time job are all part of the game. But how do we make the most money in the minimum amount of time and minimum amount of stress? Do I like how wealthy people are doing it? And that's why I'm trying to help out more people doing that. Oh, yeah, definitely agree with you there. And, you know, I with that, I don't really think there's anything left to say. I mean, that was that's the mic drop statement I was looking for. I, boom, knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Love it. So with that being said, Cody, you know, we've talked a lot about where my audience can find more about you, but I don't think we've really given specifics. So let's go ahead and officially ask the question. If my audience is intrigued, they want to learn more about you, more about your system, more about what it is you do, where can they go to find out more about you? Yeah, great question. So my first name is Cody. My last name is Ye. If you want to Google me on that, I take the first three pages already. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see a lot of Google reviews and all that. Now, if you want to join my stock option Facebook group where there's 4,000 plus people that I don't pay ads on, they join organically with like-minded people, learn how to start uh, investing in stocks. I share some real estate investing tips as well. How do you combine them? How do you get out of your rent raise and start saying yay to financial freedom? Join that. And I'm pretty sure Alex will put it in, in the description. And if you want to follow me on other social media, yeah, it's Cody Yay, Cody of two underscore Y-E-H. Follow me there. You'll see a lot more fun stuff in my daily life. Well, all righty. And we kind of already had a statement that that last beautiful bit about a minute ago. But the last question that I like to ask people is, if you thought about it, what would be your number one mic drop statement that you would like to leave us with? 
the most important thing in listening to the whole podcast is this. If you're going to go home and say, great idea, Cody and Alex, but I'm going to go back to do what I'm doing and comfortably doing, guess what? A year from now, five years from now, from now you're going to be doing the same thing. But if you're someone that's serious, concerning to reach your own financial freedom, start taking action. That action could be as small as start watching some of my YouTube videos, join my Facebook group, or listen to more of Alex's podcast. And then start taking action. It could be baby steps. Open up your account or try it out. Okay, know where you stand, how much saving you have. What are you doing? What's your why? What's your goal? Start doing, take, doing something and take action. Don't just think about it, but take action to go towards it. That will be my key takeaway for all of you. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't do anything with it, then what, what's the point? I mean, watch you some YouTube videos, read you some books. There's so much free information online. Go check out Cody's stuff. It's all going to be in the description below. He was right when he said that earlier. Cody, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was really good to have you here. It's my pleasure being here. All righty, guys. So you have a ton of stuff to look at. I'm going to have links to all of Cody's stuff in the description below. His YouTube channel, his Facebook page, Instagram, all that good stuff. And if y'all have any questions, I'm sure he's got contact information on there. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.